Hello and welcome to episode 92 of ERRX, a podcast tailored to your clinical needs. I'm your host, Adise Carrick. This is a huge episode for me because it's the third anniversary of starting the podcast. So this is officially episode one of season four. This year, I'll be introducing a brand new logo and some new podcast art, so let me know what you think about those. I released a little teaser logo with a cupcake and the anniversary text last week, but now we're back to how it's going to look from here on out, and a big shout out to my cousin Arnell, who designed the logo and the podcast art. If you need anything done, please reach out to him on his website, which I'll post to the show notes. I also have some very exciting things to announce in the coming months, so stay tuned for that. To all of the people listening, thank you so much for tuning in, leaving comments, and answering all of my polls on Instagram. Whether you've been around since 2020 or are just tuning in, please feel free to reach out to me if you have any ideas for a future episode, if you'd like to come on the show and share your knowledge, or if you've seen something interesting that you want the rest of our community to know about. I'm truly honored to be a small part of your lives and of your practice, and I'll keep working super hard to bring you a podcast that's concise, accurate, and useful. With that, we'll get right into this mini Grand Rounds episode. I'm going to talk about a very cool and rare use of naloxone. I've personally never seen this done, and I have just recently learned about it, using it to reverse ACE inhibitor overdoses which seems like it makes no sense at all, but just wait until we get into it in this episode. Angiotensin II, as discussed in last week's episode, works by increasing sympathetic outflow in the brain and constricting blood vessels, both of which increase the blood pressure. ACE inhibitors work by stopping angiotensin-converting enzyme from converting angiotensin I to angiotensin II, indirectly leading to the opposite effect a decrease in sympathetic outflow in the brain, and less vasoconstriction, which leads to a reduction in the blood pressure. It's no surprise then that ACE inhibitor overdoses, although pretty uncommon, can cause severe and refractory hypotension. Sometimes they can even cause bradycardia, by mechanisms we think involve the reduction of central sympathetic outflow. And as an interesting side note, unlike most other vasodilators, ACE inhibitors don't cause reflex tachycardia, and tachycardia isn't a feature of ACE inhibitor overdoses as one would think it should be. Anyways, textbooks will treat these overdoses with supportive care, fluids, and vasopressors, but what's rarely mentioned is that naloxone can be an option here. That's right, naloxone. To fully understand why naloxone works in the setting, we have to talk about endogenous opioids called beta-endorphins. Beta-endorphins inhibit central sympathetic effects in the brain, leading to a reduction in the blood pressure and blunting of reflex tachycardia. Besides their known effect on angiotensin-converting enzyme, ACE inhibitors also block something called enkephalinase, the enzyme that degrades beta-endorphins in the brain. This means that ACE inhibitors indirectly increase the amount of beta-endorphins in our brain leading to a more pronounced reduction in sympathetic outflow, which ultimately leads to hypotension and possibly bradycardia. Naloxone, being an antagonist for both exogenous and endogenous opioids, works by blocking beta-endorphin's central effects, increasing the blood pressure and even increasing the heart rate. 
and its effects are very pronounced and sustained. Only a handful of case reports describe using naloxone in this setting. I'll post them all to my Read by QXMD collection, which you can find in the show notes, on the website, or in the podcast description wherever you happen to be listening to this. I'll describe a few of them right now. One case report talks about a patient taking extra doses of lisinopril to treat his high blood pressure. It was estimated that he took about 300 milligrams total over 48 hours. This led to syncope and arrival to the emergency department. He presented with blood pressures in the 70s and heart rates in the 90s. Despite 2 liters of fluids, he remained hypotensive. He then got 0.4 mg IV naloxone with a plan to start a continuous infusion if repeat doses were needed. One minute after naloxone, his blood pressure went up to the 90s and stayed there without any further intervention. He didn't need vasopressors or any more naloxone doses. He even discharged the next day. I know what you're thinking, maybe this patient just overdosed on some opioids, but that was ruled out. He wasn't on any opioids per his report, pharmacy fill histories, and clinically his mental and respiratory status just didn't fit with that picture. A second case report describes a patient who overdosed on perindopril and then developed severe bradycardia and hypotension. After getting some atropine and a little bit of epinephrine with some response, he was given 2 mg IV naloxone, which immediately reversed his bradycardia and improved his blood pressure. He was started on a naloxone infusion at 0.04 mg per kilogram per hour and had great response. And when the naloxone was accidentally stopped during a shift change, he fell back in a severe bradycardia, which again completely reversed once naloxone was restarted. He did need the infusion for 24 hours, at which point his hemodynamics were normal, and then he was discharged six days later. Okay, the last case report describes a captopril overdose with about 500 milligrams total that was taken. After gastric lavage and activated charcoal, the patient became lethargic and dropped pressures to the 70s. They gave her 1.6 milligrams of IV naloxone thinking that maybe the patient overdosed on narcotics and they were surprised to see immediate reversal of hypotension. Within 5 minutes, her blood pressure was 140. In 10 minutes, she got hypotensive again, and once again immediately responded to 2 more milligrams of IV naloxone, and didn't need any more after that. And just like in the first case, she was not on any opioids, which was confirmed by a negative tox screen. To wrap up, keep in mind that ACE inhibitors work not only by reducing the amount of angiotensin II and leading to vasodilation, but they also have some central effects on the brain. Endogenous opioids also work in the brain, and they typically lead to a reduction of sympathetic drive. ACE inhibitors block an enzyme that degrades these beta endorphins, making their actions more pronounced and explaining why patients who take ACE inhibitors, or overdose on them, don't develop reflex tachycardia as we would expect. To treat an ACE inhibitor overdose, along with fluids and, of course, supportive care, try giving some naloxone. I don't really care what dose you give. Try 0.2 to 2 mg IV boluses, repeating if needed. Most patients do well with just one or two doses, but you may have to start a low-rate, continuous infusion at around 0.4 to 2 mg per hour for some short amount of time. This means you can completely avoid giving vasopressors. 
So this is really interesting, but still some questions remain. One is, why does naloxone have such a prolonged effect in this setting, with most patients only needing one to two doses, but it doesn't have such a long effect when treating opioid overdoses? One thought is that there are some major pharmacodynamic differences when reversing exogenous opioids versus endogenous ones, so the jury is still out on this. And then the second question is, will this work for ARBs? And I don't think so. I couldn't find anything in the literature to support this, which makes sense because I don't think they inhibit enkephalinase or increase the amount of beta endorphins like ACE inhibitors do, but I'm happy to be corrected on this if I am mistaken. And just as a point of clarity before we wrap up, in this setting, it's also not unreasonable to try Giapreza, our synthetic angiotensin 2, with some case reports showing this could be an option for patients who don't respond to pressors or naloxone. Before we go, I just wanted to send a huge shout out and a thank you to Travis for his massive donation on buymeacoffee.com. Travis is one of our fantastic nurse practitioners in the MICU, and he also has the coolest mohawk in town, so thank you again. Donations like his help keep this podcast running without ads and free for everyone. As always, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for wanting to learn more about pharmacotherapy. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to add to this episode, please give me a shout out on the ERRX Podcast Instagram page, or reach out to me directly on ERRXPodcast.com. I'd love to respond to all comments and criticisms.